1: I'm not sure what you consider too old to trick-or-treat. According to my friends when I was younger, I exceeded the age dramatically. I would get one of my friends to go on one big score with me later on our last trick-or-treating hurrah, but I really had to talk him into it. There were two Halloweens where I was going to trick-or-treat by myself, but fate intervened and gave me a new Halloween trick-or-treating buddy. My mom's friend, who lived a couple of towns over, wasn't happy with the trick-or-treating in her area for her son. She didn't think it was safe. Plus, the return on his investment wasn't very high and asked if he could come to our town and trick-or-treat with me. I had met him one time before and he seemed like a nice kid, so I didn't object. And, for two years, we trick-or-treated together. What was especially cool is that his mom would come over and leave him and she and my mom would hang out. Then... He would spend the night sleepover. I've only had this happen those two years on a Halloween where somebody slept over my house. We would eat our candy, we would watch movies. The movies we would watch were often ones he brought with him because he had a really cool collection of VHS tapes. A lot of stuff he recorded off cable, but he owned quite a few tapes. We watched two Halloween specials every year, and then we would watch a scary movie. I would get upset and squeamish, and then we would go to bed, and I wouldn't sleep at all because I'd be terrified. The two Halloween specials we watched were It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and the Fat Albert Halloween special. I had seen the Fat Albert Halloween special once before, then he brought it over on VHS tape, and it became an instant classic to me. Sadly, our Halloween friendship didn't continue, and it wasn't because he didn't want to continue hanging out. It was because he passed away as a teenager. And when he did, his mom was devastated. She was a single mom, and that's all she had. But... Seven or eight months later, she brought Halloween tapes that he had to me and asked me if I wanted them. Halloween had already passed that year, and the next year I saw the tapes and couldn't bring myself to put them in the VCR because it was sad to think about him. But then I remembered that these tapes represented good times. They were as much a treat for me and him as the bags of candy that we had gathered up. Whenever I watch any Halloween special, I think back to those nights of this mysterious kid who I didn't know too well, but who I had seemingly so much in common with, and I wondered if we could have been better friends. On today's show, I'd like to talk about one of the specials that we watched together, the Fat Albert Halloween special. It is an animated classic, one that, since I was a teenager, I've tried to watch every year. We will talk about the people behind the show, the creator, Bill Cosby, And of course, Filmation, the company behind it, we'll talk about the talented people who gave voice to the characters in the show, we'll talk about the music, and we'll try to throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. So without Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, the animated series, there would be no Fat Albert Halloween special. But without its creator, Bill Cosby, there would be no Fat Albert at all. So where does Fat Albert come from? Well, besides the fertile mind of a comedic genius, it comes from a story in particular that Cosby used to tell in his stand-up act about a game he played as a kid, supposedly, called Buck-Buck. If you want to hear that routine, it is recorded on his 1967 album Revenge. Buck Buck was a game where kids would basically kind of create a horse and then people would jump on top of that horse and try to break the horse. And in the story, Cosby and his friends are the Buck Buck champions of North Philadelphia, where he grew up, and they had a secret weapon, a guy named Fat Albert. And if you hear his routine, You can see the Fat Albert that you will eventually see on screen right there, although he sounds a lot larger in Bill Cosby's Buck Buck story than he would be. I think something like 4,000 pounds is what he speculated on. Fat Albert made his animated debut in the late 60s in a primetime one-shot special entitled Hey, 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 It's Fat Albert. It aired on NBC, had music by Herbie Hancock, animation by Ken Mundy, and it was very well-received. The producers of the special wanted NBC to broadcast Fat Albert as a Saturday morning cartoon. But according to sources, NBC thought the series was way too educational. So Bill Cosby and a production company called Filmation took the property to CBS. And on September 9th, 1972, Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids premiered on CBS. And for the next 12 years, we would get lots more Fat Albert, including three primetime holiday specials, a little bit about Bill Cosby. William Henry Bill Cosby Jr. was born in 1937, comedian, actor, author, jack of all trades. Cosby started as a stand-up performer and then landed a starring role on the 1960s television show I Spy, a really good show. If you haven't seen it, you really should. He would later star in some sitcoms, do some educational programming, and then in the 80s, he created a show that basically dominated television called The Cosby Show. It aired from 1984 to 1992, and it was the number one show in America for five years straight. It would have a spin-off called A Different World, and it would, in a lot of ways, redefine our expectations of relationships between parents and kids in America. The production company that would create Fat Albert was called Filmation, Filmation was, sadly, does not exist anymore. A production company that produced both live-action and animated programming from 1962 to 1989 it was founded by three people: Norm Prescott, Hal Sutherland, and Lou Scheimer. Sutherland and Scheimer met while working on the made-for-TV Bozo the Clown and Popeye cartoons. They would move to a company called True Line together. True Line would eventually be bought by Paramount Pictures and norm prescott would come aboard the three of them would then leave true line and began working on commercials this company that created commercials would eventually morph into what is filmation and Filmation's success although they did produce some feature-length productions really came from making television animation which they could do on the cheap which was exploding at the time after these messages we'll be right back
0: A lot of people think I'm Bill Cosby, but uh, I'm really tooth decay. I'm tooth decay, but uh, I'm actually on vacation, especially with the teeth I've been working with here. Mainly because some wise guy has been brushing after every meal, and I think the thing that hurts me the most is the fact that he's using Crest. Yeah. Yeah. See, Crest has fluoride, see, makes the teeth hard, the enamel. You can't get it. You hit, you hit, you hit, and only thing left for me to do is just wait for a mistake. And when I get that mistake, I'm going to tear into it. Here it comes again, right after the meal. Going to get another little bath. Fighting cavities is the whole idea behind Crest. Attention Pepsi drinkers, introducing the new taste of Coca-Cola, the best Coca-Cola ever. That's all I'm going to say. In fact, that's all I have to say. No more words. This stuff is great. I'm sorry. I'm really. I'm sorry. Whew.
1: And now, back to the show. So Filmation had been making Fat Albert cartoons for a bit. Hal Sutherland would direct the Fat Albert Halloween special. He directed a lot of things. Sutherland was born in 1929. He passed away in 2014. Probably best known for his work on Fat Albert, Archie's Funhouse, and Star Trek The Animated Series. The Halloween special was written by Bill Danch and Jim Ryan. Danch and Ryan both worked on a lot of Filmation properties. The list is pretty long for both of them. Interestingly, Danch would also work on the 1976 television series Arc 2. And Jim Ryan, as well as working on Arc 2, also worked on a lot of the 80s versions of Scooby-Doo. So if you haven't seen the Fat Albert Christmas special, I'm going to spoil it a little by talking about the plot. It's pretty simple, but if you haven't seen it, you might want to pause, go watch it. It's a pretty short special, and I think you'll enjoy it. But I don't think I'll be ruining too much by telling you what it's all about. So Fat Albert and the gang are out to go trick-or-treating, have their homemade Halloween costumes on, when their friend Devery shows up. And instead of wanting to go trick-or-treating, he just wants to do tricking. And mostly he wants to scare old people. So the whole episode involves them going from older person to older person, messing with them, until finally they're going to try to scare this particularly mysterious character, Mrs. Bakewell. This is when Devery kind of chickens out as does everybody else except for his little sister, Melba, and Russell, one of the littlest of the Fat Albert bunch, who go up there. They meet Mrs. Bakewell. Turns out she's awesome. She has treats for all of them. Everybody but Devery benefits. The whole time, Melba had been trying to get Devery to go home. At the very end, their father shows up, who is an intimidating-looking fellow, very large. And we think Devery's in a lot of trouble. And that is the true scariness of Halloween. Throughout the show, of course, Fat Albert is trying to talk them out of their antics and to just focus on the trick-or-treating. After all, that's what it's all about. And I think lessons are learned. I found out a fun little bit of trivia. There's a scene where they go to mess with the guy who owns the movie theater in town, old Searchlight, and they go to the movie theater he owns, which is showing space squids that ate Pittsburgh. They do eventually scare Searchlight Johnson, but as they walk through, there is a poster in the lobby for a movie called The Chicken Heart That Ate New York. And this is a reference to some stand-up comedy that Bill Cosby did called Chicken Heart. And that bit has Cosby describing the fear he felt watching the 1940s radio show Inner Sanctum. And he talks about an episode that features a giant chicken heart that ate New York City. So a fun little callback to something Bill Cosby had done, completely separate. Now a little bit about the cast. Bill Cosby voiced a couple of characters on the show. Fat Albert, who is based on Bill Cosby's friend Albert Robertson, and he is the main character of the series. Very heavy set, very sweet. He also voiced himself, William Bill Cosby, a character based on him. He's sort of the second-in-command of the Fat Albert bunch. Cosby also voiced Mushmouth, who is a kind of simple guy with a very specific way of speaking, which I will not try to impersonate because I would do it poorly. In this special, he also voiced Mudfoot Brown, who's a guy who lives in the junkyard who's made other appearances on the show. In this special, they go to Mudfoot's to trick-or-treat. And, I don't know, if there's a guy living in, like, some sort of ramshackle hut in a junkyard, I don't know if they're going to have Halloween candy. Mudfoot, of course, turns things around on the kids and manages to take most of their candy while they're talking to him. Lou Scheimer... One of the founders of Filmation voiced Dumb Donald. He's the guy who has the long-sleeved shirt and the big stocking cap covering his entire face. In addition to being a producer at Filmation, he's often credited as an executive producer on the cartoons they made. And would do lots of different voices, including some of the more notable ones for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Probably most famously Orko. Weird Harold was voiced by Gerald Edwards. He's the kind of clumsy guy. In addition to Weird Harold, Gerald Edwards also voiced Devery. While he's best known for his voice work on Fat Albert, he also was on the TV show Cowboy in Africa and made appearances on Bewitched and Family Affair. Rudy Davis, the smart aleck of the group, was voiced by Eric Suter. Souter also appeared on an episode of Welcome Back Cotter and Starsky and Hutch. Bucky, which... You probably recognize for his giant overbite. And Russell, Bill Cosby's younger brother, were both voiced by Jan Crawford. Crawford's best known for voicing those two characters. As a kid, Russell was my favorite of the characters, probably after Fat Albert. Just because he was always quick with a comeback, his diminutive size also helped to make him endearing. Erica Scheimer, as Erica Carroll, would voice Melba, the younger sister of Devery. She went by Erica Carroll, I guess they didn't want to show too much nepotism, but she was the daughter of Lou Shimer, and often worked in filmation projects, working on things like He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, She-Ra, Princess of Power, Ghostbusters, and the Brady Kids. Now the original Fat Albert special had music by Herbie Hancock, which is pretty impressive. But for Filmation's work, you had Ray Ellis, who went under the name Yvette Blaze while working at Filmation, and Norm Prescott, who went as Jeff Michael when working at Filmation. A lot of pseudonyms. Ellis passed away in 2008, was born in 1923, composed most of the music with Norm Prescott at Filmation. They worked together from the 1960s to the 1980s. Ellis used the name Yvette Blaze, which was the name of his wife, although some of his earlier work was under the name George Blaze. Spencer Raymond, or Mark Ellis. Mark Ellis is actually the name of his son, who will later go on to become a composer. The Norm Prescott pseudonym of Jeff Michael was made by combining the first names of his two sons. As I mentioned earlier, Prescott, along with Hal Sutherland and Lou Scheimer, was a founding member of Filmation Studios. After these messages, we'll be right back.
0: for a powerful home computer this is the one texas instruments home computer with 16k memory it can take you a long way want a computer with a lot of software oh yeah this is the one the ti home computer gives you more of these software cartridges than any computer in the world the whole world so with all the power you have here to run all the power here this is the one the home computer from texas instruments this is the one Jell-O brand pudding pops, new chocolate vanilla swirl. Chocolate and vanilla? Swirl together so that the right side of your mouth says, I want chocolate jello pudding pops, and the left side says, No, I want vanilla jello pudding pops. You can have both. New chocolate vanilla swirl. All the goodness of real jello pudding. So you know it's wholesome. What does your mouth say now? Chocolate vanilla swirl. You said the mouthful. <laughs> Swirls also come in chocolate and caramel.
1: And now, back to the show. The Fat Albert Halloween special premiered on October 24th, 1977. It was popular enough that there would be two more holiday specials from the Fat Albert gang. The Fat Albert Christmas special, which ran on December 18th, 1977. And the Fat Albert Easter special, which was broadcast on April 4th, 1982. In 2004, a Fat Albert motion picture hit theaters. It had a budget of $45 million, made $48 million, generally not very well received. I think Kenan Thompson did a pretty good job as Fat Albert. Since then, we haven't had much Fat Albert, but late last year, Bill Cosby announced that there were new Fat Alberts on the horizon, that plans were in the works. So far, we haven't seen anything, but Bill Cosby's a very busy man, so I'm sure if somewhere Between his busy touring schedule and writing books, a new Fat Albert animated series is being cooked up. I, for one, can't wait. In fact, I would love to see some new holiday specials. I'm a pretty big pushover for animated specials that have a message, even if it's sort of heavy-handed. And in Fat Albert, there was always a message. And it was always a really positive one. Usually about understanding people you don't understand or being a better part of your community. And those are messages that are timeless. So if you know someone who has not seen the Fat Albert Halloween special, maybe it's you. Why not watch it this Halloween season? Make it part of your yearly tradition. Maybe build some new friends and some new memories around it. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com retroist.com and twitter.com retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Rudy, you're like school in summer. No class. This has been a Red Production. Goodbye.